Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Let's look with Exodus, look at Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 through 12. Quickly here, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now this is Sinai, or Sinai, as it's been called, but we have a range and we have a specific mountain, and sometimes they're referred to interchangeably. Verse 2, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him in the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Jacob, uh, And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. The Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites. And he names these other people. Now therefore, verse 9, Behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression which with, with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send you. Everybody say you. I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh so that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God this mountain, the same place where the law would be given. Now, Mark 16, 15, familiar. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, we looked at this story in Exodus last week. I preached a message entitled, Freedom Has a Name. Today, from this story, I'd like to preach a message entitled, A Holy Commission or A Holy Mission. A Holy Mission. I had to get it right. A Holy Mission. Mission, and it is a commission in, in all actuality because God goes with us. I, w- I want to say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts, challenge us today, and I thank you for that, God. I pray that you would ignite a fire in us, God, for evangelism. Put a burden on us. We've lived at ease in Zion too long, God. We're comfortable just coming to church when you've told us to go into all the world. I pray, God, that you would put a fresh burden on us, God, for the lost to reach out to make a difference in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. A holy mission. 
During the time of our reading, Israel was enduring the cruelty of Egypt. I talked about it last week. It was nothing short of crimes against humanity. They were being beaten. It was forced labor. They were tortured, and this had been going on for generations. And in their desperation, these people cried out to Almighty God for help, for deliverance, for relief, for salvation. And God answered their prayers. How did he do it? He called a guy named Moses to go. He called a guy to go and set his people free. This, this guy, Moses, was the answer to their desperate prayers for deliverance. He was their answer. Their answer was a man. Everybody say a man. And a very unlikely man at that. A man who had been named by Egypt. Educated by Egypt. Acculturated by Egypt. He represented all that Egypt stood for. And he had his struggles. He had made some stupid mistakes. Killed a guy. Found himself on Egypt's most wanted list. And lived for 40 years on the lamb as a fugitive. Moses was the most unlikely candidate called to facilitate the most unlikely jailbreak in all of history. Now let me go ahead and say this. This is cutting to the chase. There is a world out there, church, that is lost and dying. They're in bondage. They're suffering as the world says, in the embrace of the wicked one, blinded by the God of this world. And they've been crying out for help. You hear what I'm saying. They've been laying their head down on their pillow at night and asking God for deliverance. Every time they hit on that joint, it's really a cry to God for help. When they empty a shot glass or a fifth of Jack, it's really a cry for help. Every dead-end relationship is a cry for help. And in the middle of the night, they're asking God, is there a way out? Can I get out of this lifestyle? Can I escape this pain? And I'm telling you, God has heard their cries. God has heard their prayers. And He has an answer. He is sending the answer. And do you know what the answer looks like? Do you know what the answer looks like? This is what the answer looks like. It's you. Everybody say you. Everybody say me. You are that answer. You think that I'm the answer because I'm a pastor. But I want you to know when he said in Mark 16, go into all the world, the implication is for the body of Christ to go into all the world. If you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you have a calling on your life to reach out and to save the lost, to rescue the perishing. However you got to do it, it is this church's responsibility to reach out and make a difference. God has sent you to be their answer. And you're like, you got to be kidding me. Are you serious? No way. Not me. I've made so many mistakes. I've got too many flaws. I don't have what it takes. I'm not a preacher. 
I'm not talented. I'm not gifted. What can I do? That sounds just like what Moses was saying. He had five great reasons why he could not do what God was calling him to do. You hear what I'm saying? God calls the most unlikely candidates to facilitate the most unlikely jailbreaks. And he's calling you. And it is a holy mission. It's a holy mission. I'm going to plow through this today. Y'all going to hear this word today. It is a holy mission. Say, Jesus, people, mission. Jesus, people, mission. That's what we stand for. Jesus is first. People matter. All people everywhere. And we are on a mission to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. I want to talk about what Moses was asked to do because it was a daunting task. Pert near impossible, as my grandmother would say. One of those overwhelming, moving a mountain with a teaspoon, charging hell with a water pistol kind of tasks. Moses was going up against all of Egypt. Now, let's talk about the power of Egypt. Egypt was the world's premier superpower at that time. Depending on who you source, they had a population of millions, millions. They had a trained, experienced, disciplined army of hundreds of thousands. They had uh, cavalry, infantry, charioteers, foot soldiers, shield bearers. Exodus 14.7 says that in pursuing Israel, Pharaoh took 600 chariots of the best uh, of his best chariots, 600 chariots of his best chariots, and all the other chariots of Egypt. Dr. Claude Mariantini of Northern Baptist Seminary has written extensively on this. They had advanced technology. Chariots had been introduced by the Hyksos some four or 500 years earlier, and the Egyptians had perfected them, going from four to six wheels, spoke uh, configurations. They had body armor, bows and arrows, javelins, They were a force to be reckoned with. They were a powerful army. And Moses was no match for this. Let's talk about the wealth of Egypt. They had a massive economy fueled by the incredible abundance of natural resources. They had fertile farmlands, pasture lands, sheep, goats, cows, horses, precious metal mines. They had the Nile, the Red Sea, the Mediterranean. They owned northern Africa for crying out loud. And their reach was felt into the Middle East, Persia, Assyria, Mesopotamia, and beyond. They traded spices, wood, ivory, pelts. They were fabulously wealthy. Moses was no match for this. Let's talk about the science of Egypt. They were an advanced society. They invented the calendar, devised standards of measurement, coinage, paper, papyrus, that is, metalworks, glass blowing. Astronomy, engineering feats, the pyramids, the sphinx, the valley of the kings, anatomy, medicine, embalming. Moses was no match for this. Let's talk about the religion of Egypt. Pharaoh was thought to be a god. Their religious uh, convictions were ubiquitous. They were everywhere. They had a sophisticated pantheon of deities, a priesthood, complete with magicians and signs and wonders and mystics who could perform miracles. And all of this was tightly wrapped up in a culture 10 times older at this time than the United States of America. They were entrenched. Moses was no match for Egypt, and yet God sent Moses 
to stand up against all of that anyway to set these people free. It was a mission that God had sent him on, a holy mission. My, can I just say this right now? I don't care how bad this world is. I don't care how bad the gods of this world are, how the culture is so entrenched in an antichrist mentality. If God is for us, then who can be against us? There are people crying out, and it's up to us to make the difference. Now, let's talk about logistics. There were 2 million Hebrews in bondage. Moses had seen their numbers and they had multiplied over his 80 years. He had to be saying, are you kidding me? Two million? You're going to set them free? How will I lead them? How will I speak to them? How will I feed them? Where will we go? But the bottom line is this. It was never about Moses defeating Egypt. It was never about Moses dealing with the logistics of leading two million people out of bondage. It was about Moses saying yes to God. I'll go. I'll try. I'll do what you ask of me. The world is, it's going nuts, y'all. I'm 52 years old. It's changed so much, and I'm not a curse the darkness kind of guy. I'm a light, a light kind of guy. But it still shocks me at what I see when I look, especially in my world, the United States, the state of Louisiana even. I know the, the world has a hold on people that's greater than ever before. I know we're outgunned, outmanned, outlegislated, underfunded, and the numbers are overwhelming. But it's never been about us defeating a satanic culture or figuring out the logistics of how we'll disciple or where we'll put all these people that God is sending to us to. It's always been about us saying, yes, I'll go to the desperate, to the hungry, to those crying out. It is a holy mission. It is a holy mission. Some of you found us on social media. That was no accident. You were hungry. God was leading you. And you saw the Facebook post. You saw the Instagram post. Some of you found us by driving by our sign out there. I wish it was bigger and brighter. I wish we could, you know, have digital things on it. We can't right now. But you drove by that sign and you looked up that website and you decided, I'm going to go to that church. It wasn't an accident. It was God leading and drawing and wooing. And then some of you came because somebody connected to you. Maybe you visited from one of those other sources, and then somebody got a hold of you and latched onto you and befriended you. Maybe some of you came just from a friendship, a relationship with somebody, an invitation that somebody gave you to go to Life Point Church. I believe God uses all of that. I think that is imperative that we connect with people. It's our mission, Jesus, people, mission. We've got to connect with people. And why? Because there are people that are hungry, hurting, dying, lost without God, and they're crying out for help, and they don't know where to go. And it is up to us 
It's a holy mission. It's a holy. It's a holy mission. Sacred. It's a sacred mission. When God began to talk to Moses, he talked to him from the burning bush. The glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory of the Lord appeared in that bush. Moses said, I'll turn aside and see this bush that's burning but it's not consumed. And the Lord began to talk to him from the glory. He said, take off your shoes. Moses, take your shoes off. Take your shoes off, Moses. Take your shoes off. This ground that you're on, he said, this is holy ground. I'm going to talk to you about people that are hurting, that are dying. I don't need you to be flipping about this. I don't need you to have your shoes on so you can run off through the rocks as soon as this is over. I need you to, I need in a tangible way, in a tactile way, I, I need you to feel that dirt you're not, It's not easy to run. You need to stop, son. Stop what you've been doing and pay attention. You've turned aside. Now, stop for a minute and listen to what I'm saying. This is sacred ground. There are people lost and dying. Take your shoes off, Moses. I'm sending you as their answer. According to the census from 2015, Let me just give you stats for Ascension Parish. We could talk about EBR. It's just as relevant. Livingston, just as relevant. All around this area, greater Baton Rouge, this is our place. This is our place. In Ascension Parish, there's 119,455 people. 30.7% are under the age of 20. That's 36,673. 12.5% 12.5% are under the uh, are in their 20s. 12.5% are in their 20s. That's a little under 15,000. 14.6% are in their 30s. That's a little over 17,000. 14.9% are in their 40s. That's almost 18,000. 12.9% are in their 50s. That's 15,000 8.5% are in their 60s. That's over 10,000. 5.8% are 70 and above. That's almost 7,000. 34% identify as Catholic. 10.9% is Evangelical Protestant. 1.7% is Mainline Protestant. 9.9% claim to be other. 51.5% claim to be no religious affiliation. They're the nuns. That's 55,000. Not N-U-N. N-O-N-E. 55,000. 198 have no religious affiliation. That's in Ascension Parish. We could talk about EBR. We could talk about Livingston Parish. All these parishes. Less than 1% claim to be something other than Christian. But over half half or almost 60,000 people in this parish alone don't go to church. And of the ones who are affiliated, I would argue most don't go to church that say they are Christians, one of those faiths, most don't go to church. I would say that on any given Sunday, now throughout the year, you have some Sundays that are bigger than others. We just had one last week. 
But throughout the year, I think a generous number for these parishes would be to say there's 10,000 people in church services out of 119,000. In Ascension Parish, there are 88,875 who say they are white, non-Hispanic, 26,758 who say they are African American, 6,211, who say they are Hispanic, there are Asians, Native Americans, mixed race folks, Europeans, and I could go on through all the demographics. I want to tell you something. These are people for whom Christ died, and it's not four months and then the harvest comes. It's not like one day, DH, we're going to have a revival. I hope one day we have a revival that shakes the world and turns the world upside down. I want to tell you the fields are ripe, have been ripe. Where are the laborers, my friend? Where are the laborers? They are, there are few laborers. There are too few laborers in the field. But I've, here to, I've come to tell you today, God has called you and me to reach the lost. Come on, lift your hands to him right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you've called me. You've called me. You've called this church to reach the lost. To reach the lost. The fields are ripe unto harvest. There's a great harvest of souls in these parishes. I don't care how powerful Egypt is. I don't care how strong Egypt is. I don't care how overwhelming the odds may be. It's not about me setting them free or me providing for them. It's about me saying yes to Jesus. I will go. You can send me. It is a holy mission. I believe it's a holy mission. We're not trying to have the best club in town. We're not trying to have the most well-attended club in town, the Jesus Club, the church club. No, this is the church of the living God. Healing and signs and wonders and miracles and deliverance takes place in this house. The attic can be set free by the stuff that flows in this house. It's about setting people free. And you, you are their answer. I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not trained. I'm not prepared. You've got to be kidding. Not me. Moses, this is holy ground. Shut your pie hole, son. Listen to what I'm saying. I am sending you. Now, what does that mean? Is this all right? You with me? It's a little different. I, I get it. For one thing, it's because I'm not asking you to clap your hands and walk out the door. I'm asking you to get involved, roll your sleeves up, and do something about somebody that's lost and bound and hurting, dying, needing some help, been burned by religion, turned off to God, and, and, and their life is all messed up, all jacked up, and I'm saying you have a calling to do something about it. So what can you do? I'll tell you what you can do. I've got some cards I want to pass out right now. If my team can get these cards passed out. Let me tell you what me and Valerie did a couple of weeks ago. We kind of inventoried a list of people that we're connected to that really don't go to church. Because, you know, I believe in connecting to people that don't go to church. I don't live in a bubble, y'all. I don't live in no church bubble. I can't stand preachers that live in church bubbles. All their friends are preachers or all their Christians' friends are Christians. You know what I'm saying? I connect with people that don't know the Lord. Intentionally, I make it a purpose to go out to eat, to have coffee, to hang out with people who don't know the Lord. I got friends y'all never seen before, but I hope they come to church on friend day in a week. 
Because I made a list. Me and Valerie made a list, and we started praying over that list. We said, God, we want you to prepare the way. You can send holy angels in front of us. You can send other people to sow seeds, God. You can. I come against every spirit that blinds these people in the name of Jesus, this God of this world that blinds the minds of men. I bind him at least for the moment, God. Let them have a moment of clarity. When I ask them to be my guest at Friend Day on Sunday, we started praying over these people. We started then asking God, here's the ones that we know of and their families. God, we're praying over them. I've got that list. i got that list right here. We hand wrote it out and we prayed right then. Right here, this is some folks right here. We started praying over these people. God, would you just find a way for me to connect with them? Give me favor with them right now. And then after we got done with that, we started praying, God, would you send us to strangers? When we're at the restaurant eating and the waitress comes or the waiter comes, Lord, if that's the one, let us know it. Let us sow that seed. Let us talk to them. Give us wisdom when we talk to them. You never know who you're touching. That business associate, associate, that banker that you do business with, you never know who you're dealing, uh, dealing with. You never know where they are in their life. Just where they are in their life. Where are you? I want to invite you to Friend Day. You know some people who came to Friend Day? In this church, stand up, Ron and Denise. Jason back here. Jared, where's, oh, right there, of course. My singing buddy. Look at this. You know where they came from? Friend day. An invitation. Now, a lot lot of y'all, how many of you came to Life Point after Ron and Denise? Like they were already here when you came here. Would, would, would you raise your hand? Well, look, at, look around. Look at all those people. Y'all just thought Ron and Denise were just, they've been here forever. No, they weren't here forever. They got an invitation on a friend day. Okay, you may be seated. And they came on a friend day, and it wasn't long. We got in a Bible study. Baptized the whole family one Sunday in our horse trough that Miss Sherry ended up running over. They, huh? Not the same day, that's right. It was, it was after she got baptized. Then she ran over it, like marking her territory, like no, ain't nobody else going to get baptized in that baptistry. She ran over it with her car. That's a true story right there. Ran over our baptistry. <laughs> what I'm telling you is, this is what I'm talking about right here. Brothers and sisters, I can talk about you don't need to drink. You don't need to smoke dope. You don't need to sleep around. You need to behave yourself. You don't need to live in sin. You need to live a holy life. I can talk to you about holiness living. I can talk to you about the way you dress, what you watch, how you talk, uh, the, the things that you should do to live a holy life. And I believe that stuff, y'all. You've got to live a holy life. But I'm going to tell you, holy ground in this context was just the very dirt where the Lord was talking to a man about reaching out to people who were lost. He said this, you want to talk about holiness. There ain't nothing holier than soul winning. That's what we used to call it in the olden days, soul winning. I've told you all before, I get interviewed about church, you know, uh, pastor, 
I see you wear tennis shoes sometimes, sneakers on your stage. Uh, can you explain this to me, you know? Uh, I hear all kind of, and I finally, my interview goes like this. I hear what you're saying, you know, and I'm respectful. I say, you know, they're comfortable, and I like to worship the Lord, you know. And I don't like stiff shoes, you know what I'm saying? And I wear them occasionally, go clickety, clickety, click. I dress like a peacock sometimes. You know that. But the bottom line is, this is what I tell people. I'm a soul winner, man. I don't want to get so uppity high church that people can't relate to me and they have no idea that, that, that I live in the same world. They, I want them to know I live in the same world you live in, but I got a Jesus who knows how to take off those chains and set you free. And he has sent me to let you know Jesus can make a difference in your life. Stand with me right now. I don't have to know how Jesus does it. I don't have to figure that out. That's not my job. My job is to tell them that Jesus can make a difference. My job is to love on them, love them in their hell and through their hell until Jesus gets that hell out of them. That is my job. That's what I do. That's what makes me tick. That's what you've been called to do as well, to make a difference. It's holy ground. Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. You've gotten a sheet of paper. I want you very prayerfully today, very prayerfully, I want you to take that piece of paper and I want you to write some names. And listen, please, please, everybody in this room, some of y'all, I encourage you, I'm just gonna be, can I be totally honest with you right now? As if I'm lying half the time, right? But let me be transparent right here. Some of you, I encourage you. I'm like, I want you to lift your hands. I want you to worship. And man, man camp was amazing, y'all. I'm just telling you, those men t- took the house down in praise and worship. And I look at some of you and I'm like, man, I wish they'd join in. And I encourage you. Like, man, I wish they'd raise their hand. I wish they'd get more emotional. I wish that God put his heart into it. Some of you ladies, man, I wish they'd get into it. There's a freedom that comes from that. And I encourage you. I, encourage, I hope I never come across as if I'm berating you, but I'm encouraging because I know what free expression of praise and worship can do in your life. But having said that, you're like, well, I'm not freed up yet. I still stand there. I still sit there. I, still, I don't move like I should. One day I'm going to and I just, I guess, so once I cross that line, then, then I'll become a soul winner. Then I'll reach out to somebody, man. I, you know, I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't, I don't know enough, so maybe one day, and we'll put those one days off. Meantime, people are dying and going to hell all around us. They just need some help. They just need some love. They need a friend. And I'm just telling you, I want you to prayerfully put those names down. And all you got to do, all you got to do is reach out. I've told you all before, my dad Wants to be a Bible study teacher. I don't think he's taught a Bible study in his entire life. He's 75. And he tells me, next year, son, I'm going to put a Bible study together. I'm going to teach a Bible study. And I've told him many times. And I said, Dad, you don't have to teach a Bible study. You bring more people to church than anybody I know. That's what you do. Baby, shine doing what you do. You, you don't have to open that chart up like old DH here. Don't be guilted into that. You just bring those people to church and let Jesus do what he do. 
Find what God's called you to do. But reach out to somebody somehow. Somewhere. Somehow. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your faithfulness. Right now, I believe, God, we're standing on holy ground. Very sacred and holy ground. Every spirit that would hinder the work of the Holy Spirit, I bind it in Jesus' name. Every discouraging, foul, divisive spirit that would say, it don't matter. What's the next? Where are we going to go eat? What's the next step in this situation? Father, I just... I pray that I bind, I bind that distraction. We've taken our shoes off. This is holy, sacred ground. Take some time for a moment here. Put some names on our heart, God, that we can reach out to. It's not about breaking numerical records. It's about breaking chains of darkness that have bound people, letting them see the light of day and the hope of the promised land. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.